It helps if I unmute the microphones for everybody. Good morning, one and all. Welcome along to Season 3, Episode 21 of the UK Cowboys podcast. It is uh, Victory Polo Tuesday again. Victory Polo, shout out to our sponsor, Cowboys Experience. Jamie, how are we? Yeah, not too bad, mate. It's midweek, isn't it? But nothing beats, um, they say, Victory Tuesday, as we call it. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, just so so everybody knows, we do have a couple of people who will be joining us presently. So um, you, ha- you have the two lovely members of the of the admin team. You have myself, the sexy Irish accent, and you have the wonderful Yorkshire accent of Jamie Smith. Don't know about that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well... We're going to tell ourselves this anyway. So, um, as we say, we'll be joined shortly by one or two more people. But it's great to see everybody thrown in the comments there into us. As always, make sure you get your comments in. Let us know your thoughts from the weekend's game, your studs and duds, um, what you liked, what you didn't like about the game. Uh, there shouldn't be very many things to dislike about that performance on Sunday. Um, and, yeah. Let us know. As we say, it's great to see. Literally, as as we went live, we could see the chats or the comments flying in from all of our usual suspects. So, Valenti, Benny, Joe, DJ Dog, as always, great to see you. Well, Jamie, take it away. Sunday, what are your initial thoughts? I think the only way to describe Sunday is the performance of the season so far. Um, we needed a big bounce back after the, the debacle against the Broncos and, and I think we got it. Um and I know I, I was looking through kind of I was watching back through earlier on and just try, try to pick up some points and look at the stats. And I know stats always don't tell the whole story. And I think the perfect example of that's probably the run game. The run game no one got over 50 yards individually but the run game, if you look at the, some of the runs, they were picking up those first downs. So, you know what I mean, it was it was converting those shots to keep the drives alive. And then, perfectly for, if Tom had went with for CD Lamb's first touchdown, the, the block by Zeke, it was unreal. I mean, and that's that's what we want. I mean, it's nice to see Zeke and, and Pollard get these yards, but it's doing the dirty work like that that, that doesn't yeah. get them the, the um, acknowledgement. So, yeah. Perfect, and it was nice to see on the defensive side of the ball the free, what you could call our, our free starting cornerbacks, um, all getting a pick as well, which is which is good. And yeah. I think we discussed in the admin group, didn't we? Anthony Brown yeah. had a yeah, he balled out this week. He's been getting some stick from us all, but he, damn, he balled out yeah. this week. Yeah, it's it's it, it was on Sunday. It was a bit like that Oprah. Gif, you get a you get an interception, and you get an interception, and you get an interception, and it's always rich to post that picture into the into the group, and we absolutely love it, so we do. Yeah, but um, yeah, yeah, like I mean, well, that that comment came up like when I was doing stats for the show, um, you know, I was like, I was, I was going, Jesus, there's so many names are going to show up. And even when I when I was doing Dorrance Armstrong, I think Dorrance only had one or two tackles, but obviously he had a sack on one of those tackles, and he also had the blocked 
points. Mm. So, yeah. you know, like everybody is contributing. And I know, Jamie, one of the guys you'd want to talk about later is Chauncey Goldston. Who oh. I think he had three tackles, three tackles for a loss. You you should have seen, um, see, I, I had the, the fortune, as uh, the fortune, the fortune to be the one that covered it on Twitter this week. And when he, um, when he got when he got the pass deflection, I, I was like, ah, I, couldn't, I couldn't type quick enough to get it and push the hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I say, it's just it's one of them in it, and it's it's scary to think that how good this team is playing at the minute, and um, we've we've still got a lot of starters on defense due back, and and I know we touched on a couple of bits there, but the one thing that was nice to see that I think we were all missing, I was chatting to Mike on the lunch break earlier. Um, yeah. It was nice to see the, the sideline catch toe taps from Michael Gallup. I always miss them. Oh, yes. It was just a oh. shame that the one towards the end, he got, I think it was down at the one one that he just yeah. was there and knocked him out. Because that it was, a, it was a great throw. It was an even better catch. And it, it would have been nice to have seen him being able to stay in bounds. But we can't be greedy, can we? I mean, a 40-burger a 40 this week. Would it, yeah. I think we would have took a free point win after how we performed the week before. Absolutely, but I mean, I think I think the one thing that has has showed was that the the Broncos game was not the was not a resetting of the norm. Like this Cowboys team went out and dominated. They absolutely dominated, mm. and that showed what this team is capable of. And as you say, we were without an All Pro defensive end a Pro Bowl defensive end and our all-world left tackle. Exactly. You know, and I think, still won by 40 points. I think I think the Broncos game as well was probably some of this team needed. Just mm-hmm. for the fact that there was all the hype building up and sometimes you can get you can run away with the hype, can't you? And you can get a little bit ahead of yourself. Yeah, this I think yeah. we all know that this, this team isn't perfect, but I think the, the make of the team puts it towards that way, if, if that makes sense. I try to contradict myself. Um, and yeah, it would have been nice to. I know Valenti posted it a bit earlier on saying about it. It's a shame it weren't 50, which to be fair, it isn't. Without we, Paul, we were the week before. Um, but yeah. it, was smart, it was smart to take the, take the starters out. Um, yeah. No point in risking them, get them out of the game, get. Get, get some of these backups or some of these players that are coming back from injuries. Get, get them some decent chunk time of the game. Do you know what I mean? That the game was over by half time. Um, mm-hmm. But I suppose the third quarter is always with a minute. You don't really want to change your arm a little bit and, and show a little bit um, of disrespect and pulling your starters at half time because um, mm. that can come back into biting you, bite you in the ass, can it? Sometimes so. Yeah. Third yeah. quarter away. Like I say get Cooper Rush in there, get some of the running backs in there. Yeah. Yeah. No, no point risking the, like I say, the game was over. Now we move on to, to Kansas story. Yeah. And before we go any further, we're gonna bring in our good friend from Blogging the Boys, RJ Howard Things, sir. How are you getting on? Uh it's great to be with you guys. Happy Tuesday, Tuesday evening. Sorry I was late. Um, but uh, it's great to be here. Um, I'm hoping Belgium pulls this off. I'm a big Kevin De Bruyne fan. Uh, so uh, other than that, just enjoying life. What's not to enjoy right now? Loving that t-shirt, Adia. Loving it. 
Actually, um, I don't want to be uh, a fraud. Uh, this is not a Dak Prescott t-shirt. Um, I went to the Cowboys game in Indianapolis in 2018, and this is actually an Adam Vinatieri t-shirt uh, just because <laughs> he, he's, he's the GOAT, obviously. Uh, but so love Dak. Dak's on his way there. Uh, but uh, this is a, um, yeah, it's an Adam Vinatieri t-shirt. Yeah. Still a good one. That's still a good one. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's not forget Adam Vinatieri got a start over here in Europe in the World Football League That's back right. in the day. So, you know, I mean, it all goes start here over in the UK and Ireland. But, um, RJ, give us your thoughts from the weekend. You know, we've Jamie has given his initial thoughts, but what were, what were your own from, from Sunday night's performance? You know, um, it was impressive. I think um, it was last week was not a lot of fun. Um, and, and on our post game show after the Cowboys lost to the Broncos, I said something to the effect of, you know, they're going to say all the right things. They're going to say that, you know, this was a one week thing. This was an aberration. And, and that might be true. But, you know, we won't know if that's true until next week against the Falcons. And I even said then I said, if, if they win um, in kind of unimpressive fashion, you know, it'll be hard to kind of buy that if they go out. And at the time, actually, I said if they win uh, the way that, that the Chiefs were beating the the, um, the Packers that day without Aaron Rodgers, just kind of still like barely winning, like like winning, winning running on fumes. I think, you know, if the Cowboys had won something like 17 to 10 on Sunday, we would still be kind of, you know, we'd be saying, yeah, they won, but, you know, are they really, are they really back? The offense didn't do this, the offense didn't do that, et cetera, blah, blah. Um, so the fact that they came out and they were spectacular on offense, they were spectacular on defense, obviously had the pump block. I mean, it, it, it was, it was a statement. I mean, I, I don't know any other, you know, unique way to categorize it or, or shape it, but, uh, it was, it was as impressive of a rebound as we've seen from any Cowboys team in recent memory. Yeah. And I think that, 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 that kind of highlights one of the, the, the big points is that, you know, they rebounded straight away. In previous seasons, we've seen the team kind of have one bad performance, followed up with another, and followed up with another after that. Whereas they put everything to bed on Sunday night. Yeah, and that's, you know, this has kind of been the season of, you know, they wouldn't have won that before, right? They they mm -hmm. wouldn't have won in New England. They wouldn't have won that, that day with all the penalties and weird things kind of working against them. They wouldn't have won... Um, resting Dak and having to play Cooper Rush, you know, and, and and then we would have sat here and we would have we would have made the excuses. We would have said after New England, well, you know, they had all these penalties. What can you do? You know, you're going to lose those games. And then we would have said, well, they were without Dak. You know, how were they supposed to win? Cooper Rush was his first start. Um, and so this this has been a really and you know in that sense, uh, the Denver game kind of you know, picked at those old wounds, right? Like that was the letdown. That was the man They're They're really, you know, they're, they're on cloud nine right now. Is this the bottoming out? And so that's why to, to kind of stop that skid, I thought was really impressive. Uh, it's, it's been a very different season. I think obviously they've had successes in other, in other years and had big wins and had some great seminal moments, but um, not in a, like, you know, this season feels different way. This, this season does feel different. It's, it's a very Mike McCarthy led effort. And you can really kind of see and taste mm -hmm. that on them uh, each and every week. Yeah. And I think, I, I, I think you, you pulled up a great one on um, Twitter earlier today from Brandon Gotten over in Bleeding Green Nation, you know, that he's, he's even, he's saying he thinks this is a Super Bowl team. 
Yeah, I actually just finished recording with uh, with Brandon. He and I do a show every week uh, where we talk about the the NFC East and, and hit on the Cowboys and the Eagles and everybody else and just kind of the state of things. And and he has been saying for a few weeks now. He obviously wrote about it today that he thinks the Cowboys are going to win win the Super Bowl. And you know something we talked about on our show today. Um, he he remembered. Um, and this is an unfortunate memory for us, but, you know, he, he said he was looking back at some old articles he'd written. And in 2017, the season that Philly won the Super Bowl, um, you'll recall they, they destroyed the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium on Sunday Night Football. Uh, the night Jerry Jones got his, his gold jacket presented to him and his Hall of Fame ring. Uh, at the time, that was actually the worst loss the Cowboys had ever sustained at AT&T Stadium. And he just talked about how that year was this, like, this constant, like there was a new record, there was a new thing, there was like a new piece of ground that the Eagles were breaking, uh, you know, doing all these things. And, you know, that's what last year kind of felt like, you know, they had the 29 points in the second quarter, the most they've ever scored in a single quarter. And it's just like, there's a new thing each and every week, so to speak. You can't like plan that, but you know, when, when it comes, when it comes to new England, Dak throws for more yards against a Bill Belichick led team than anybody ever. Like it feels like every week they're, you know, they're approaching or establishing themselves in some sort of territory that hadn't you know happened in a long time or had never happened. Um, and, and just kind of, you know, again, t- we, we've seen seasons that look like other seasons before. This is a successful season that looks like nothing we've ever seen, at least from the Cowboys. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, and I suppose we've 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 kind of seen so far this season, you know. And this is this has been one thing we've discussed here, and we haven't had a chance to catch up with you really. This has very much been everybody is contributing this season. Like we were, myself and Jamie were saying before you joined us that you know, if you said we were going to play this game without our all world left tackle our all-pro defense event and a Pro Bowl defense event and win by 40 points, people would have laughed at us previously. Yeah, and, and that's that's where they're unlike themselves, right? I mean, you know, it's it's been a, a story of, you know, Tyron's out, sorry. You know, like, Zeke suspended, sorry. You know, like, everything's going to fall apart. Everything's going to, you know, dissipate because, you know, the Cowboys under, you know, it gets framed as under Jason Garrett. Obviously, he's kind of the person that it all starts and ended with. Um, but but under Jason Garrett, I think they were a great team when when all 22 starters were healthy and everything went according to plan. Um, and that happened sometimes, happened a lot of times. But they they were incapable of responding to any level of adversity. They just they just couldn't. I mean, it just wasn't wasn't something that that they had in their wheelhouse. And to that point, I mean. You know, you're right. Down Tyron Smith, down Demarcus Lawrence, down Randy Gregory, down Michael Gallup for a majority of this season. Obviously, he's back now. Down Neville Gallimore, down Brent Urban. I mean, it's just it's who's next? What's down Greg Zerline, right? I mean, you know, I know you know some people don't put a lot of value in the kicking game, but I mean, it is it is a mat, and that's that's what I think Mike McCarthy has has done a great job about. He talks all the time about that 2010 Packers team and how it took 73 dudes or whatever it was to win that Super Bowl. Um, yeah. They were one of the most, you know, IR plague teams to ever win it. Um, he's, you know, you can put in into this what you want, but he's he's a Pittsburgh guy who has, you know, spent a lot of time in in the Midwest, uh, obviously here in the United States. I mean, th- there's a certain disposition to him that. He's, you know, he's he's going to get his hands dirty. You know what I mean? He's going to roll up his sleeves and get his hands dirty. And he's going to work deep into the night if he has to because he's going to get the job done. And, and I think that that mentality has really bled over to the entire team. 
Do you know, yeah. as a, a not to try and jinx it, I know I'll say that I know Rich will jump on the bandwagon, but don't you think it has a, a little bit of a of a feel of I think which two balls it was it the was it the second Super Bowl season where the defenses weren't getting any plaudits whatsoever. I think that year when it won the rank of the top defense in the NFL, mm. one Pro Bowl vote, and, and this year, like you say, we, we're missing so many players on the defense, um, and they're just they're coming out and they're, they're playing at a high level. I think for it this weekend, 10, 10 completed passes they allowed from twenty seven attempts, and yeah. the defense just continues. Apart from apart from digs. Continues to not get probably the, the respects that he's, he's. Yeah, I think you're, you're <laughs> right, Jamie. It's you know people are, are are fine crediting Trayvon, they're fine crediting Micah Parsons, but that's it. Right? Like it, everything mm-hmm. else is you know it's Dan Quinn or it's it's whatever. Anthony Brown's played really well. You know I, I've said a lot of um, you know a lot of not kind things about Anthony Brown. Um, you know. Leighton Vander Esch is playing all right. You know what I mean? Like the 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 floor has been raised. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. and that we're seeing that like on, on a consistent basis. And a lot of people will say it's the Falcons. Matt Ryan's not who he used to be. They held an NFL offense to to three points. I mean, that's that's a difficult thing to do. Um, I don't mean to grandstand about that, but that is a, a very difficult thing to do. And that was because two weeks ago they held the Minnesota Vikings. You know, um, it's it's a really impressive run. Uh, it's DJ Dog, who is fantastic. No, it's four touchdowns from the defense and special teams this year. And and that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I think we fall into these lulls where, you know, we expect we expect Dak to throw for 350 every week. We, we expect, you know, Amari to have 150 and his two touchdowns or, or whatever. And, I mean, they scored 43 points, and it was just kind of a, a, a chill day for the offense. And they're different. They're, and that's, you know, we've seen that before too, right? Like we've seen the, the offense rely – on, on something to be elite. The run game has to be elite. Romo has to be elite, whatever. We, we've, we've seen that. And if, if they're not elite, if they're not in those like elite of elite moments, then mm-hmm. they're going to lose. Mm-hmm. Like, and we've seen that. And they're, they're capable of adjusting. They're capable of winning however mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. If a team's daring them to run the football, they're going to do it. They're not going to run it with just Zeke. They're going to run it with Tony Pollard. If they're daring you to pass, they're going to do it. Um, they've been humbled. And I think that obviously that, that worked to their benefit this past week. I mean, um, and then, like, like you said, on defense, they're, they're opportunistic and they're not elite, um, but, but they're very opportunistic and, and they know their strengths and they know their limitations, which I think is, is a difficult thing to, to wrap your mind around. I think as, as well, we've seen, like we've all given probably Anthony Brown a, a bit of stick this year, just the way he's played, but he's sneakily up there. I think I've seen a stat on Twitter yesterday that, Along with Trevon Diggs, he's in the top ten for for, for pass deflections this year. And, and like you say, any other time he would have probably got a lot of credit for that. And because of just the way Diggs is playing his rookie year, it's it, it's gone kind of unnoticed, hasn't it? And it's it's a shame in, in some aspects, but also I suppose it might give him a little bit of a chip on his shoulder to keep playing at this high level, thinking you know this 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 rookie kid's oh, sorry, a second year. Kids gonna gonna keep getting the limelight, so I'm gonna keep playing under the radar, and I'm just I'm gonna show them what I really. Why yeah, I mean, in. and everybody wanted to reply. I mean, again, myself included. It was oh, Maurice Kennedy picked off Matthew Stafford in the in the scrimmage. Let's go! Like that's that's the guy. Like that get Anthony Brown <laughs> off the field. And Anthony struggled early in the season. I mean, but to be fair, the Cowboys played the Buccaneers and the Chargers, and that that's a difficult proposition given the quarterbacks you're facing. 
Um, but I, he's got, he had the most impressive interception a Cowboys defender has had in a long time with, with the way he, he concentrated on that ball against the Falcons. Um, and, and he, if you're right, if not for Trayvon Diggs, he'd be getting a lot of credit the same way that if not for Micah Parsons, people would be saying that Osa Adigizua should be defensive rookie of the year, but, but they're just, you know, the unfortunate circumstances for those two players is that they're, uh, they share, you know, a uniform with guys who are having a little bit brighter seasons. Yeah, that's very true. Um, if we ju- just flicking on to the news coming out of the game, so obviously with Tristan Hill and Michael Gallup came back from IOR, Demarcus and Neville Gallimore are getting closer. Um, we had Lareem Hajrolahu made his NFL debut at 31 years of age, and uh, I think the attendance was 93,000, but RJ was not in attendance. Yeah, I was not in attendance. Uh, my dad was at this game, though. He had a great time. Um, you know, they're they're getting healthy. I mean, and, you know, they, they might sustain another injury. And, and I think it's, you know, that's that's what they've, they've earned the benefit of the doubt, I think. And we're all so quick to panic, right? Like last week, Randy Gregory goes on IR and it's, oh, my gosh, how are they going to deal with this, et cetera. They're 2-0 and in games that they've played without Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. Now, it's a really small sample size. Um, but they will find a way. They, they, they've earned the right to be trusted in those intense moments, which is, is something that we just, like I said, because before it was, okay, your best player's out, you know, you're screwed. And, that, and that's kind of been who they've been for a long time. But, you know, they still got to get DeMarcus Lawrence back. They still got to get Neville Gallimore back. They still got to get, you know, Randy Gregory back at this point in time. They still got to get Brent Urban back from IR. I mean, they're they're getting healthy, you know, at the right time, it's, you know, you're, we've, we've all been hurt a lot. So it's hard to let yourself run away, you know, with all this, but, uh, but things are working out in the right way, at least in the middle of November. Yeah. And another name that hasn't been mentioned all pretty much all season, Kelvin Joseph got in and played a few snaps at the weekend as well. He's the only one that I don't trust as much just because that position is so difficult to transition to in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and Anthony Brown has, you know, cause before, you know, especially the first month of the season, it was, man, um, you know, Kelvin Joseph has got to get on the field as soon as possible because Anthony Brown's getting beat. Anthony Brown's getting destroyed, whatever, blah, blah. And Anthony Brown has, you know, his play has allowed time for Kelvin Joseph to acclimate to the NFL game. It's, that's a really exciting thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the one man we, we, we haven't really given credit to in, in the cornerback room so far, and I know we, we here at the UK Cowboys love to, love to big him up. That's Jordan Lewis had probably his best game in two years. He was phenomenal. I mean, you, you can make a case that he, had the best game of any cowboy, I think, um, on Sunday. I mean, he—I was so happy he got the interception. He—he he deserved a, a bright, you know, a, a pop of a moment um, after the game he had. It would have been a shame if you know, because some people they they look at things like that. They say, well, he didn't even have an interception. Like how you know whatever. So it was awesome for him. And that's the thing. Like like I said, the the floor. I mean, Jordan Lewis is now playing at a high level. You're getting this this high level play from like think of Jordan Lewis and Anthony Brown were big reasons for the Cowboys win. Like when when has that sentence ever been true? Um, and so you know right now uh, the Cowboys are they're cooking with gas. I mean it's again it's it's so terrifying to say out loud because you're so scared that the bottom's going to come out because we've all been hurt before. But um, it's a weird place to be at emotionally. Yeah, 
It is, it is surely. So we're just going to flip it over and concentrate on. Look at that. Wow. Yeah. New, <laughs> improved, and third season. Yeah, since I've been on, you guys, you spent some money, you moved the furniture around. Goodness gracious. Yeah. If, if Leeds could start playing well, Jamie would be on. I knew it was coming. As well. And I was like, I, I, when come, knowing you were coming on, I was like, oh, I, feel, I, feel, I feel like a Leeds fan sat in the middle of the Stratford end, and I was like, oh, I might have to keep quiet, but I'll, yeah. Jamie, thank God you have the Cowboys, man, because as a Leeds fan, as a Texas Longhorn fan, like, it is just not your year, uh, but, but but you got the Cowboys, so we're all good there. Yeah. Yeah. And thank heavens that the Mavericks are playing all right as well at the minute. <laughs> <laughs> but if we, if, we, if we start looking through, as we say, looking through the defence, and, I mean, the numbers are rolling through the screen there. So, Dak, 20... 24 of 31, 77% completion, 296 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 93.4 QBR, 127.9 rating. He also had a rushing touchdown. I mean, Dak had a very good performance, and we're barely even mentioning that fact. I mean, and that's... That's awesome, right? I mean, when you when you look at his... The, the, the small sample size um from from last year you know and, and again they were two and three in games he played if you count the giants game that he was injured in mm. it was it was Dak. you you need to be super saiyan for this team to have a shot right and if if you're yeah. not it's over like if you're if you're just average this isn't going to happen and so i mean he is he's playing like one of the you know generally like one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl i think he's well in the running to win mvp um but they they don't need that on a on a do or die basis now, which is I mean you're right like he you know he barely did anything in the second half I mean and they, yeah. they won forty three to three um, so that's that's a luxury that this team has created for themselves that is really 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 rare. Yes, we 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 got all so used to it over the years, haven't we? Where the Cowboys have you know if you look at Super Bowl winning teams, have always had a real mix of a good offense and a good defense. And the, the Cowboys over the years, well, over the recent years, have always seemed to have a really good offense or a really good defense and never been both. And we saw it God knows how many times with Tony under center and we've seen it mm. in Dax, we'll say, relatively short career so far that we were having to rely on them throwing for 400, nearly 500 yards a game for four or five touchdowns a game. The defense just weren't getting it done. And... Like you said, it was pretty much this game was pretty much done by half time. Um, and if we can do that every if we can do that every week, that's just going to prolong Dak's career as well. I mean, you know, what did he throw? How many did he? How many did he, Twenty pass attempts he had this weekend. Twenty four, maybe for that. Um, Twenty twenty four of thirty one. So I mean, so so thirty one. So I mean, let's let's limit them for us and keep him fresh. I mean, we're forgetting that he's he's coming back off. Off a really bad injury as well, so, so mm-hmm. to, apart from the, the MVP, he's definitely going to get. Um, what, what is it now? What's the thing now? I've got um, come back of the year. That's that's in the books easily. Yeah. See, um, I I kind of disagree. Um, just just a little bit because generally 
the NFL doesn't like to give multiple awards to the same player. Mm-hmm. That, gen- that generally doesn't happen. Um, and so I could see a world where Dak wins MVP. So he gets like the main award and yeah. then say Joe Burrow wins comeback player of the year, you know, yeah. so, so that, so that attention and love is shown to different people. I think Dak is winning one of the two. He's either comeback player of the year and the year MVP is, you know, whether Matthew Stafford comes back or Lamar Jackson gets in the fold or Kyler Murray, something like that, or he wins MVP. And if, if he wins MVP, then comeback definitely is Joe Burrow. Yeah. I, I, I definitely take that. I'd rather him get the, the, the MVP as well. <laughs> Just for the fact, like I said, there's, there's not many not many players, let alone quarterbacks, that's playing better than him in a minute. Mm. Yeah, I mean, go on ahead, Orchard. No, I mean, he's... He's remarkable. I mean, he's. I mean, you're, we're running out of out of adjectives. I mean, he's. It's it's different. I mean, it's there's there's such a level of trust um, in him and and what he does and what he's capable of doing um, that that is really peaceful. I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to find the last time we were truly 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 stressed. I know that sounds crazy because I know people are stressed every week, uh, but you do get the sense that, you know, if Dak's out there, if he's in the mix, like, you know, they got a shot. I know that it wasn't the case against Denver, but I mean, way more often than not, you know, he's got him in the mix. You know, I, I, I totally agree in terms of the stress thing, but it's like, it's, it's kind of a, if it's ever really good, it's kind of a good stress thing. It's kind of just knowing when, if we ever slow start, when is this team going to explode in this game and, and, and get going and see what we've seen for the last few weeks? Whereas the years before, it's like, when are we going to throw this away? It's just unlike us. And it's, mm. I'm, it probably sounds like, I can't see where the next, we're probably going to, it's going to happen at some point before the season, but I can't see where the next loss is going to come from, just from the level that we've been playing at this year. And the the, um, the Patriots game with the, the 75 yard touchdown after we'd just retaken the lead. And then the game the week before this one, that in the previous years would have broken the Cowboys and just derailed our season completely. But it's just it's refreshing to see that this team they'll just stand in the face of adversity and go right. You know what? Let's just roll the sleeves up and let's get going again. Right, and that I mean that that disposition I think starts with Dak and and Brian will appreciate this. I mean, it. I'm I'm still newer to to loving soccer. Um, I've, I've been supporting Manchester United for a few years now. So when I, when I first kind of jumped on. It was difficult, right? It sucked. It was not fun. Uh, but then, then United acquires Bruno Fernandez, and and the world changes. And I I love so much the word talisman when it's used um, to describe a soccer player. And and I you know obviously Cristiano Ronaldo's return has kind of changed that for for United. But that's who Dak is. Like he is he is what Bruno was at first to United. Like this dude who's gonna he's gonna find he's gonna will them. He's he's gonna carry them all with his bare hands if he has to. Um, that's, that's who Bruno reminded me of Dak, honestly, when, when that first run, when United had all those, those matches, you know, where they hadn't lost away from, from, you know, um, from home in forever or whatever that streak was, um, that, that's what he has. And there, there are not a lot of people in the NFL that have that on any teams. Yeah. Andrew (laughs) dropping in shade at a, at a Leeds player there, I see as well. No, I've, do you know what Valente? I know he's not for for sure, but there's no way that you was nothing. Stranger things have happened, Jamie. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and as always, look, Joe, 
one of, one of our biggest fans here from Italy. Doesn't really follow soccer, but he's been a Cowboys fan since the Tom Landry days. I mean, this is this, this is great to see. And, you know, this is what this show was all about, bringing... And it's the same for Orgy's show. It's, it's, it's bringing everyone together. And, you know, we can all be from different parts of the world or different parts of the country. And we all love the Cowboys, so it's really great to see. But one thing I wanted to touch on, and again, Orgy, this has given you a little bit of a chance to have a go at the uh, Texas Longhorns again. <laughs> Connor Williams and penalties this season. I mean, again, as Jamie kind of alluded to, these would have derailed us in previous seasons, but we just seem to be getting away with it. It's going to catch us eventually. Yeah. um, I mean, you know, Connor is so interesting. Um, You know, it was two years ago on Thanksgiving that he tore his ACL against Buffalo. That was the game that almost broke the Cowboys. The, The game in Chicago the next week really broke them. But he came back last year, and a lot of people all off season. You know, he was the most consistent player. He was the only he was the only one who survived. He was the only Cowboys offensive lineman who played all of last season. And is it ideal that he's been penalized? No. Um, did he make an incredible mistake in terms of the institution of higher learning that he pursued? Absolutely. Um, but um, I mean, like. I, I just don't know what the, and I don't, I, I mean, I, I like the discussion. I think it's fair to have the conversation. Um, you know, it's certainly fair to, to wonder, um, should the Cowboys address this? But what's the alternative? Are we are we starting Connor McGovern at left guard? Like, is it is just a change for the sake of change? Um, yeah. I realize, again, the penalties are not ideal. You'd never want penalties. But penalties are going to happen. You know, playoff teams, you know, are penalized about six times a game historically. I mean, yeah. you wouldn't want, you know, this to happen, obviously, but I I think you're willing to live with it because he is, you know, he's one of your better guards. And and you just, you know, you hope that it you hope that it goes away. You hope you coach it out of him. Uh but yeah, it's it's a tough moment for Connor Williams right now. Yeah. I mean, we with the comment there from Joe, I mean, if if Tyron comes back, um would you put Collins into Connor Williams' place? And then we have the, the comment here from Andrew. It's always Williams with the penalties. It, my question really is, is Connor Williams suffering from the fact that he doesn't he, he doesn't seem to trust Biadish inside him and he's had changes at left tackle for going on three years? You know, yeah. he's, he's never sure who's, who's outside of him. I think that's fair. Um, he's certainly experienced the most change um, of, you know, he's not Zach Martin, but, but you know, Zach has still not had to deal with the level of infrequent, you know, see that, that Connor has. Now, granted, Connor has Tyron Smith. Zach doesn't have that on the right side. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, it's not an apples to apples thing, but there's been a lot of chaos. I mean, Connor Williams is rookie year. Travis Frederick's gone, right? You know, so what do you do? Yeah. Tyron Smith misses time. You know, Connor Williams, the second year, you got Tyron Smith still missing time a little bit. Uh, Travis Frederick's back. Okay, awesome. Now I've understood this NFL game. Last year, Travis Frederick retires. Tyron Smith basically misses the entire year. Your quarterback is awful for most of the season. I mean, it's it's tough. I mean, it's it's tough. And I'm, again, none of that makes the penalties better. None of that makes them more understandable or more tolerable. Um, but, 
he's had a rough go. And I think, you know, he's a second round pick. So you would love a little bit more return on that investment. Um, but I, I think he's been a fine player for them. I, I think if Connor Williams is the worst starter on the team's offense, we're okay. You know what I mean? Like it's we're if that's the if that's the basement, then you know we have a really 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 high penthouse. Yeah, I know we've we've touched on it a little bit in previous weeks, and just he seemed to more his college career played out at tackles. So, so would it not be maybe fair to him? To push him out to tackle, and I know we've, we've had we've had Collins play inside before, and sometimes that seems to beef it up a little bit more on the inside. And maybe we, if if that happened, maybe would would we see better from Connor Williams? Like you say, he he was one of the one of the elite tackles in in college football when he, when he was coming out on him. Someone just surely doesn't go from playing at the level he was to to kind of. Been a forgotten man, so to speak, on that offensive line to say that he's so much patched up every now and again. You know, I, I, I mean, I get it, and I get, I, I like the okay. Let's. What if we looked at it this way? You know, it's kind of like um, when you rearrange the furniture in your house. You know, what I mean, like, what if we put the couch over here? You know what I mean? Like, well, and then you're like, well, well, where would I watch TV from? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's a constant like game of Tetris, yeah. and so I get that. But you know, if we're having this conversation, like, the time for this was in Oxnard. You know what I mean? If you're going to, if you want to kick Connor Williams out the tackle, you want to move Lyle Collins back in, that's fine. The time to make any sort of radical change is not, you know, the week before Thanksgiving with, you know, high seating in the NFC up for grabs. I mean, you've, you've made this bed. It's a pretty comfy bed. The blankets and the sheets are freshly washed. It's super, it smells nice. You had the, the linen sheet in there and everything. Um, and so, you know, you got to hold on. You're you're in this for the rest of this ride, however long it takes you. Yeah. And I mean, the, 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 the thing that I find interesting is everyone wants to kick, wants to talk about kicking Connor Williams back out to left tackle. I mean, do we forget that Zach, Zach Martin was left tackle at Notre Dame? Lyle Collins was a left tackle at LSU. We have four left tackles on our offensive line. You know, you can't start four left tackles. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's tough. I mean, and it's, again, in an ideal world, every Cowboys offensive lineman is playing perfectly, has no penalties, you know, isn't allowing any pressures or any sacks. But I would challenge – I know it's not YouTube, but I would challenge whoever has discourse on this to find the offensive line where that's the case. You know, I yeah. – I guarantee you right now there are more teams than not that would trade their offensive line issues for wondering what to do about Connor Williams. Very true. So move, moving along, and I mean, you know, given given the performance of our skilled guys at the weekend, I mean, Zeke, whilst he had 14 rushing attempts, 41 yards, two touchdowns, two-point conversion, some of the blocking from him really set up the passing game for Dak and for obviously CD Lamb was the benefit of that this week. Yeah, I mean Zeke is um is probably the most versatile player on the team and everybody wants to see him lead the league in rushing. Everybody wants to see the celebrations and you know that's what people rely on. But he is I mean he is so valuable in terms of what he's he's willing to do whatever it takes, however it takes um, you know, he's really emblematic of Mike McCarthy in that sense, I think. 
and you're right. I mean, the, the CD touchdowns arguably don't happen without without Zuka. That's something that doesn't show up in the box score, the stat sheet, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, man, you know, we can sit here forever and talk about the contract and, you know, drafting a running back and the fourth overall pick. We could, ha- we could relitigate all that. But at the end of the day, given the composition of this roster, Zeke Elliott is contributing at a high level. You know, we had um, when we had Brad Sham on the other week, we, we were talking a little bit about stats in there and everywhere. And I think he, a lot of people do say, don't even eat the nail heads. I mean, stats always got to tell the story. And if you, if you looked at just the stats from the game, you would think, you know, he had a poor game. He, he, he didn't rush from more than 60 yards. Um, but his, his blocking was, was just immense. And like you say, that if, he kind of set the tone, didn't he? He was like, yeah. Let's let's roll up our sleeves. I mean, you're not always going to get the hundred yards. I mean, let's let's take and play the team game, and just a couple of couple of the runs. Yeah, picked up first down to keep the drive going, and that's that's what it's is. Yeah, what is it now? That's what seven, six, and that's seven and two. So we're getting to the business end of the season now, aren't we? So it's like mm. I mean, you've just got to do what you've got to do. And could you argue this was Zeke's best all round game this year? Just from just from a standpoint of of what he did and helps keep drives alive, and yeah, he, certainly. I think he's. I, mean, I think a lot of people had said about his, his his fumble as well on when I was covering the game on Twitter. To be fair, I'd probably put that on more of a that was a good play from the defensive player, just for the fact that he didn't have the ball out in front. He had it kind of he had it fairly secure. The guy's yeah. had a really good play on Zeke, and that's just what happens every now and again. It's not one of his old kind of style fumble issues. Yeah, I mean, thankfully the fumble was inconsequential, um, and you're right, just just a great play. Sometimes that you know, sometimes you're going to make great plays. Sometimes they're going to they're going to work against you. Um, but but yeah, just a you know, um, I you guys always bring out you know the, the soccer fan in me, uh, given given you know the UK Cowboys. You know, I want to cater to the UK audience, and Zeke to me is is Luke Shaw. I mean, that's who he is. Like he is just. You know, I, I know that's not a kind thing to say right now, but he's 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 Luke Shaw in throughout the Euros. That's who he is. Like he's he's gonna grind it out. He's gonna give you what you need. You know what I mean? And and whether that's you know uh, you know something for Zeke on offense, you know it's gonna be that, or whether it's doing the the hard, dirty, gross grunt work, he's gonna do that too. Again, not a not a great moment to be Luke Shaw, but I mean, this past summer was a great time to be Luke Shaw. Uh, and that's the Luke Shaw that I'm talking about here. That's who Zeke Elliott reminds me of right now. Do, do you know, I wouldn't normally agree when it comes to Man United players, but I'll tell you what, you've hit both of the, the comparisons on the head tonight with that. Cause, well, it's, yeah. to be fair, I was talking about Luke Shaw playing for England, so it's a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... I think, as we say, one of the players who came back this weekend, Michael Gallup. I mean, his 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 toe tap catch right before uh, I think it was Zeke's second touchdown. I mean, that is the Michael Gallup we love and want to see. Um, I'm going to ask a bit of a controversial question of both of you, and I I have an answer of my own behind this. In the summer, we can get out of a Mary Cooper's deal for $6 million. We could then start looking at re-signing Michael Gallup and potentially extending C.D. Lamb. So put yourself, you're in Jerry Jones' shoes. What would, what would both of you 
do in that situation? Talk about this. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you go first. I've, I've bagged on leads enough. I, I want you to get a win here. <laughs> Talk about ruining the, the, the moment, Brian. I mean, this was all <laughs> celebrating in there. Nah. As much as as much as I like um Gallop, I, no, I, I'm I'm keeping Amari Cooper. It's just for the fact look if look we did it did it at Bama, although he played for a poor relatively poor Raiders team, he was still a shining light. Mm. And what so you, if if we if we cut him, how much are we on the hook for? Six million. Right. But you then but then you're gonna have to pay uh, you it's gonna cost you at least twelve for galloping it to, to return. You're looking at minimum twelve a year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, I think Cooper's a more well rounded, natural number one wide receiver for me. That's not not to say that Gallup can't be, but just at, at the position that this team is at this minute, this team is still more built to have a Super Bowl run than it is for a rebuild. My, for me, I, if we were in a rebuild, then maybe back to Gallup, but for where we are, it's, it's got to be cool. Um, so if I have to pick, I, I agree with Jamie. I mean, it will be difficult and it, it wouldn't be fun. Uh, I would, you know, I, I want to see Michael Gallup on the Ravens or something like that. If that's the case, it'd be a lot of fun and, and bring on the 2023 compensatory pick. However, I mean, Michael Gallup missed eight games, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and, and that, I see DJ dog asking the question here on YouTube. Um, I mean, you know, teams are going to throw a lot of money at Chris Godwin. They're going to throw a lot of money at Allen Robinson. Um, you know, and, and, you know, wide receiver isn't running back, but I think a lot of teams feel like we can draft, you know, a wide receiver, you know, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always a market for somebody, but I, I think unquestionably Michael Gallup's market has, has been impacted by the time he missed. Now, you know, if the Cowboys go on a, on a postseason run, they, they win the title game, they're in the Super Bowl, they win the Super Bowl. You know, Michael Gallup has big games in those games. I mean, that changes things a lot. That changes the narrative because those are things that a lot of people see. Um, but, but I think at the end of the day, GMs are going to say, man, he missed half the season. You know, what do you, you know, how do, how do you evaluate him compared to Chris Galvin or something like that? And so I could see Michael Gallup saying, you know what, I, let me go back on a one-year deal. Let me stay in an elite offense an offense. I know quarterback, I know I'll hit the market again in 2023 after I've had a full season and I, I'm not competing with Chris Godwin or Callen Robinson. I'll be the guy, you know, obviously I'll be coming off my second straight Super Bowl win with the Cowboys and uh, you know, my stock will be higher than ever. Yeah. That was, that was the answer I was going for as well was obviously because as, as great as Michael Gallup is, he's very much a vertical and sideline um, runner. Whereas with Coop and with um, CD lamb, they have a full route tree. They can play in the slot as well and give you that thread across the middle but going vertically as well. So, and I think the point and Valenti has brought it in here is obviously Cedric Wilson has shown a lot this year in Michael Gallup's absence. He will be a cheaper option than Michael Gallup will be for, for 2022. So, you know, and we still have Noah Brown, we've Simi Fouko, 
with Malik Turner who are all there as well. So ultimately, I don't see Gallup coming back, but maybe Torje's point of you know you get him on a cheaper deal coming back for a second Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I think that I like said the Cedric Wilson thing probably makes it a little bit easier to stomach. It, it, obviously, it'd be a, it'd be a big miss, and I know I know personally I was on the 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 bashing of the Titans, but the Titans have stepped up this year. Um, yeah, so that also helps it the fact that you know you could probably rely on them a little bit more going into next season. Um, Will the Cowboys find it? I mean, strike it lucky again next year in, in the draft. I mean, we, we struck lucky with, although he's out for the season, I mean, with Dribble Cox, I mean, he was looking at around a second round pick and he felt it was in the fourth. I mean, so we, we could fall lucky there and, and pick up somebody there. So you, you never know, but it's definitely a lot easier to take knowing how this offence has played without him. Yeah. And it has a little bit of a ringing of Anthony Hitchens all those years ago. He bought that contract year. The Cowboys were never going to be in play to keep him. Um, but it's sadly one of those things. And like I say, especially with the Cowboys, the Cowboys are always at the forefront of people's mind, even if we've not been relevant for how many years they want to say. But we're always on yeah. nationally. We're always going to have a lot more high, highlight and, and highlight reels and, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I, I think players like that are always going to get looked at more than others. I think that's well said. I mean, again, and that's, you know, if they win the Super Bowl, you know, I mean, and, you know, we would all take this, but if they win the Super Bowl, Michael Gallup's probably gone. Dalton Schultz is probably gone. Uh, yeah. Even Connor Williams is probably gone. Cause that's, that's just the kind of thing, like everybody wants a piece of that. And, you know, uh, today Pro Bowl voting um, opened up. And, you know, I mean, we all know, but I mean, the Cowboys are a little bit of a different thing. And in, there are there are a handful. We talked about this on one of our shows recently. There's a there's a there's a section of you make the Pro Bowl if you're a, a decent player on a really good Cowboys team. Like that, that doesn't happen anywhere else. But it, if you're an average player on a very good Dallas Cowboys team, you're a Pro Bowler in a way that you wouldn't be somewhere else. And I think examples of that are like like Greg Zerline. I think he's a fine kicker, but he's a household name. He's on a very good Dallas Cowboys team. I think Keanu Neal is a household name. He's on a very good Dallas Cowboys team. Might be a Pro Bowler. Stuff like, I mean, the Cowboys will have a lot of deserving Pro Bowlers, but I think there's that section of guys, you know, like Dalton Schultz. I mean, Dalton Schultz, obviously, you know, you can make an argument should make the Pro Bowl, but if you, you know, if you believe other guys are more worthy, he's a really good player on a really good Cowboys team. Catches touchdowns. That's even different than the other guys, and so that generally leads to some players, uh, you know, earning some Pro Bowl nods. Yeah, it's very true. Um, I think, geez, we're nearly 55 minutes into the show and it is definitely time to flick it over to... So, defensive talk, and I mean, I, I, I think the defense obviously was the highlight of the game from Sunday, but I'm going to throw this straight in here from Joe. Um, it's do we believe the D-Law comes back next year because he gets hurt every year, Jerry Jones might move on from him. Personally, I don't see it, but that's just me. So I'll throw it over to RJ and to Jamie, see what your thoughts are. I'm, I'll never understand the disrespect that DeMarcus Lawrence gets. I mean, people just want to see sacks. 
Um, and that's, you know, they, they can't see past anything that isn't that. Um, he's he's going to be awesome. He's This, this team's going to be so much better on defense when he's back. I agree with Andrew that, yes, Dorrance Armstrong was amazing. Randy Gregory's been amazing. Demarcus Lawrence is still their best edge rusher. I don't see any world where the Cowboys can or, or should move on. From him. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, may, maybe they do for contractual reasons, but he's – and it will upset me that it will justify all these people who don't believe in him, but he's still a very, very, very good football player. Yeah. Nah, I when he got the, the contract to start with, and I, I know I was on this, well, you want to get sacks, want to get sacks, want to get sacks. Then when you kind of look at it a little bit more of what do actually the Cowboys need from him. So he brings he brings a lot more, doesn't he? He brings double team. He brings a lot of pressure on the quarterback. It causes havoc, and, and that's what you want. Yeah, it's not a sexy stat, is it? I mean, the, for a defensive mm. end, the stack is a sexy stat. But, it, yeah, and just look at it, and I think we've, we've touched on it a lot as well, haven't we? Um, why, um, what was the thing, the documentary that was on, Hard Knocks, that was it. You got to you got yeah. to see a different side of him as well. I mean, he's, he's obviously a leader from the sideline. Those kind, those kind of people are, are a rare breed. Um, where you, I mean, they, they can play so dominant on the field and also be, be someone like that off it. Um, I think he comes back, but I'd also want to know what again what would it be on the up for because the, over the years this team has made some awful decisions cap wise, and we've started to see that turn round and we, we're very savvy and very smart with the cap. So cutting him just for the sake of it might not be. A good good move to make up for the next couple of years because, like I say, we're not in we're not in a rebuild position, are we? Um, yeah. We don't want to be freeing up all this and and weakening the team just just for the sake of getting him off the roster because people don't see yeah. him being sacks. Yeah, I mean, Joe Joe's come back in there and is, is, he, as he says, he believes in Demarcus, and it's not it's not a disrespectful thing that he's saying. You know, it's just that Demarcus has been off the field for this season. Mm. Um. I, I get the point, but I mean, Demarcus Lawrence is your all-pro defensive end. Micah Parsons is your all-pro slash pro bowl linebacker. Trayvon Diggs is your all-pro cornerback. You can't have enough of that caliber of player on your squad. And, you know, yes, you might need to cut some of these guys to make room in the cap, but you don't get rid of elite or close to elite players for for that, you know. And I mean, I think we're we're too much on the hook with um, Demarcus Lawrence to really get out of that contract. Obviously, Stephen Jones is a cap wizard and could do something if needed, but I don't see it. And it would it would be fruitless, I think. I mean, I don't I don't know how that would you know. It would be again not quite the same as the Connor Williams thing, but it would just be change for the sake of change. I mean, to alleviate, you know, this idea that he's not a great player. And so um, it would be silly. I, I would be upset. Yeah. Um, I suppose the, the, the other big question that we have from, from, from most of our listeners, or Jay, what are your own thoughts on Randy Gregory and potentially re-signing him? I mean, I think Jamie and myself are both on record as saying hopefully we can get him re-signed and back-end a lot of his deal, you know, because the support structure that's been around him in recent years in Dallas has been so good and 
the way Randy has spoken about the Dallas Cowboys seems to indicate that he would sign for a new sign a new deal. Yeah, and I think you know you would love to see um, him stay and him have that affection for the organization. But you know, this is there's an argument to be made that that he'll never get a contract like the one he's going to get this offseason, You know, ever mm-hmm. again in his life. And so, you know, you, you certainly can't fault him for prioritizing the, the financial sustainability and longevity of himself and future generations of his family. And so um, I, I think, you know, I, I don't know that the Cowboys let that one get away. They usually they, they never lose players that they really, really, really want. I think that Randy's in that, that category. Um, yeah. It's, you know, would it have been ideal if they had, you know, gotten it done before the season and, and he had this this huge, you know, level of success, obviously. but. Um, I don't think it's something that's like backfired on them. I just think it is what it is. And, you know, they'll be happy to pay him, you know, w- when that time comes because he's he's been awesome and he's earned it. Yeah. Well, very I, think true. I think another way of looking at it as well is you'd rather him be in that position when you have, we've got to pay him than him having an absolute stinker of a year and be like, do we cut his losses and then do we risk him going somewhere else and balling out? I would say you'd rather be in the position of, He's kind of in the Cowboys' court, and he's, he's, he's playing well. So it's like, well, we have the choice to keep him or get rid of him, where he's, he's not being forced on this way around, is it, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's, it's, this, is, this is a good problem. You know, it's, it's a problem, it's an issue, it's something you have to deal with, but it, it's a good problem, and I think you would take it 100 times out of 100. Yeah. Yeah, very true. But moving on to actually talking about Sunday's game, and I mean... This is a game where we had three interceptions. And uh, if I just bring it up here, I'm sorry. Anthony Brown, Trayvon Diggs, and Jordan Lewis have intercepted this segment. <laughs> Let's talk about our corners. I mean, what, what can you say? Um, I mean... Trayvon has had his struggles the last couple of weeks. Um, got back in, in in the interception category on Sunday, which was nice to see. Definitely his least impressive game where he had an interception, which is obviously a lot of games this year. Um, yeah. But, you know, he'll take it. You know, like there's there's nothing about that that's upsetting. Again, I think the Anthony Brown interception was was the most incredible one we've seen in a long time from a Cowboys player. Jordan Lewis had the best game of all three. It's just, you know, yeah. it was great team football. They all kind of brought their own thing uh, to the mix. It, it, you know, Trayvon, I thought, had the biggest bounce back, had a really rough game against Denver. Um, mm. But, you know, this is this is still the weakest part of that defense. And so for it to have the success that it did against anybody, you know, is, is really, really nice to see. Yeah. 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 I, I agree in terms of it's, it's probably the, the weakest part of this, this team. And they say there's just so much uncertainty about it. Um, but we've been complaining for years that we don't get enough takeaways from the second dream. We're starting to get them, and like I say, business end of the season, we need to start picking these quarterbacks off and getting these pass deflexes. And like I say, the, it was, in, I think it was, it was the brand one, it, the, where it kind of bobbled a little bit, didn't it? And he kept his eyes on it. And yeah. In recent years, that would have been just been, that would have fallen for an incomplete pass. You, you can see there's a lot of, um, there's a, a different mentality about about this team, and there's a lot of confidence going around, and like these these brain farts, so to speak, are not happening as much. And 
think Trayvon Diggs has obviously set the, the, the standard high and I think and it's, it's certainly showing that, like I said, we've had a couple of off weeks, but yeah, I, I think we're, we're starting to see what this defence or this secondary even can, can really play to. And I think I think if if you look at it, and this is point you were making or earlier, or Jay, about you know Kelvin Joseph has been allowed to grow into an NFL setup. We haven't had to rely on him this season. You know, like that that can only serve us well heading into twenty twenty two. And I mean, I, the the other corner that we drafted, um, Nishan Wright is contributing on special teams you know it was him that recovered the fumbled punt and and got that over the line so all of these guys are contributing but when i when i was looking at the stats you know like you can see there mike parsons had six tackles but we had a lot of guys with two three and four tackles across that game so it really does show the depth of of the defense that all of these guys are contributing you know like that Carlos Watkins, Terrell Basham, guys that are not getting any attention at all are are doing something and are contributing. Yeah, and I mean, I think that really speaks to how they evaluated things over the offseason. Um, obviously, um, you know, we, we had issues with how they chose to, you know, sign, sign or not sign certain players. I mean, we always, you know, want to see more, want to see something different. Uh, but they believed in these guys. I mean, Carol Basham's a guy who who's kind of, you know, lower on the list. Brent Urban, I thought, was playing really well uh, before he got hurt. And so they believe they threw a lot of picks at, at, at this thing in the draft, and, and they've seen a lot of success from it. Uh, you know, DJ Dog shouted out, you know, obviously Anthony Brown and, and Jordan Lewis. Those are two players that have gotten second contracts with the team. I mean, their investments have, you know, really, I honestly, like, paid off, like, you know, their lottery tickets or anything. But they're they're reaping the benefits of what they showed, and that's that's something that we haven't seen, you know, as far as their vision in a long time. Yeah, and I mean, Jamie, I know you love good safety, and I mean, as much as the corners are getting getting great attention, we've played a lot of three high safety, and again, Malik Cooker is contributing a couple of tackles a game. Jerron Curse is, is our is our tight end killer. And uh, you know Donovan Wilson from uh, so, so some some other college in Texas, um, <laughs> from 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 RJ's, RJ's own alma mater of Texas A and M. I mean he's laying the wood in the middle of the field as well. I mean safeties was not getting the stats are doing a lot well as well. Do you know? I think I think the defense probably epitomizes a lot a lot of things of how this team has changed in the last. 18 months or so from going from the the debacle that we had in what you could call COVID season coming here to, to where it's at now. And it's it, it reminds it reminds me a lot of kind of the Patriots way of, of building a team. Yeah, we all want these flash players of like a JJ Watt on the team or or a, a, a Richard Sherman in his prime, but that's obviously not what a Dan Quinn defense is. It, it's put players in that can play this style and we're reaping the benefits from it. And like I say, if you look at, I say just the Patriots, that's how the Patriots have always played. It's players who fit that system. They don't have to be a household name. They just have to get the job done. And that's that's what you need. I mean, these these players are in the NFL for a reason. Um, 
some of them, some of them just sometimes just don't suit the, the style of, of defense and the, the players that we've got in. It's just going to be a shame when this season comes up, especially. I think is it Ucker, Curse? I can't remember everyone. Uh, they're all yeah, they're that's it, Neil. They're making up less than a million dollars a piece on this roster. Yeah, someone's going to buy it because of the way they play. But if that brings us a Super Bowl, then it brings us a Super Bowl, and we and we we deal with that after. But yeah, it's the the yeah. defense is is definitely a, a, a positive on this season for the way it's been turned around. Not and that's from the front from the front line right to the back. Although, yeah, the, the probably the front seven's playing at a higher level. That the, mm. the, the, they're still getting it done when they're being called upon. Yeah, and um, I've 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 left that comment up there, RJ. Obviously, to talk about a guy from your own alma mater. I mean, you're wearing a gold t-shirt right now. I mean. I know this guy doesn't play in, in in the same position, but has Donovan Wilson filled a gold shaped hole in your life? Uh, you know, I um I don't love Donovan Wilson as much as I think most people would would think. Uh, he's fine. I love him an appropriate amount, uh, but you know, I just I'm kind of done loving Dallas Cowboys safeties. You know what I mean? Like for for preservation of my own you know self interest, I'm. You know, I'm going to like them all from a safe distance, but I'm not going to fall in love with any of them just because I've tried many different times and uh, been, been left hanging far too often, far more often than I would like. <laughs> well, uh, Joe brings up the comment here. And again, you know, Dan Quinn got the match ball at the weekend. You know, he's turned us from the worst defense in the NFL, making them a championship caliber defense. And RJ, I think you you brought up this point several times on your own shows, is that, you know, even if we can get to a middle-of-the-road defense, our offense can carry us to victory. Yeah, and that's, you know, we've all said some version of that, right? Like, if this defense was just average, you know, this this team mm -hmm. would be really good. Um, and I think they are an average defense. They're, they're an average defense that's opportunistic, that has benefited from some turnovers, had some some better than average moments, and and so they've they've kind of gone a little bit past even what we what we needed, which is I think the explanation for why things are are going so well in every capacity. But you know, and I I love that Dan Quinn got the game ball. He deserved every moment, obviously against the Falcons, and so really happy for him. But I think that you know Mike McCarthy still doesn't get enough credit here. You know, everybody mm -hmm. talked about the eleven turnovers for the first five games. They had 12 turnovers through their final four games last year before Dan Quinn yep. was ever a part of the staff. Um, and does that say anything on, on its own? No. Um, but Mike, you know, Mike McCarthy is and not that, you know, this is you know a breakthrough philosophy, but he is hell bent on creating turnovers. Now, we've seen that backfire on the Cowboys last week against the Broncos. They were trying a little bit too hard to strip the ball instead of just wrapping up and making a tackle. Uh, but but I think the overall, you know, Al Harris deserves credit. There's enough credit to go around, I think, to everybody. But yeah. obviously, Dan Quinn deserves a lot. Yeah. And Jamie, I'm going to I'm going to throw it over to you. We all know your pet cat coming out of the draft this year was Chauncey Goldston. I mean, <laughs> how how did you feel? I I I I have a feeling you felt like a proud papa. Do you know he's. He's just another one of them that's just making. He's just making plays when he's. It's, it's one of them in it where the old saying is you can never have too many pass rushers, can you? Um, mm -hmm. We're blessed this year that we've got we've got some good ones, and 
when he gets on the field, he's he's making he's making plays, and that, that's that's all that's all you want. You want him to come in and make plays. Yeah, he might not be the flashy one where he gets a sack, but he's causing a bit of havoc in 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 the offensive in the opposition's offensive line. He's helping get the quarterback out out of the pocket and. That's that's what you want, like you say. And a lot of people didn't like the pick. Um, and like you say, I, I loved him coming out of college. Um, in my mocks, I'm <laughs> I drafted him every time. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's 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 coming along nice, like you say. And I just would he get a bit more? It's one of them in it where would he get a bit bit more recognition for what he's done if us as weren't playing to the level he was on. But if yeah. you if you're getting outshone by someone like him, then then you're obviously you, you, you're doing you're doing something right. Yeah, that's very true. But before before we move on, anything more we'd like to talk about on the defense itself? I mean, if they can if they can hold on, I mean, you know, like that's that's what this is about. Um, this. It's nice. It's nice having an adult in the room, and I think the Cowboys are seeing the benefits of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, we we're, we're still owed a background from uh, from from our wonderful Mr. Paul Stewart, who is actually at the minute in Texas, um, and we have had a few requests oh. to uh, up up update. Um, everyone on Paul's Paul's movements and what he's been up to for the last week. So we'll do that before the end of the show. But as always, we do love to give our special teams a bit of love. And I mean, how could we not give them love this weekend? Um, we had a 31-year-old make his debut, go five from five on extra points. Brian Anger, 190 yards from four punts. Kick returns, punt returns. And there we go, special teams, touchdown. Blocked by Dorrance Armstrong, touchdown by Nishon Rice. I mean, I think McCarthy said it himself after the game that, you know, he's been so impressed with the special teams this year and what they've been doing. It's hard not to be. Um, you know, I know that the block punt against the Broncos doesn't technically count, um, but, but three block punts in their last four games. Uh, we haven't really seen any pop in the return game, which I think is what people, you know, kind of, associate uh, special team success with, but they are, I mean, they've slowly improved and I think they're still a little bit wily. Um, I don't know if I totally trust John Fossil, um, but I mean, they are, I mean, they're, you know, I, I believe they're the 22nd ranked special teams group by DVOA as of this week, which is a little bit lower than I would have thought, but they're about average too. They're about average with some, some special pop plays and, and, mm-hmm. you know, if they can create some short fields out of that, I know the short field they created in New England uh, didn't end in a touchdown because, you know, Dak Prescott can't cross the goal line in a visible enough way for certain referees. Um, but um, it's it's strange. Uh, it's very strange to see. Uh, is by the way, the United States, uh, I believe, just scored in their match against Jamaica. So uh, if you allow me to, you know, sing songs about the red, white and blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we 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 we'll allow that for sure, RJ. But uh, you know, DJ Dog is asking, has Paul evaded the authorities so far? 
Barring minds want to know. So we can confirm that Paul has evaded authorities so far. So uh, as we say, please stay, stay, stay in tune and we will update you on Paul before we get out at the end of the show. But I mean, as we say, look, the block punt from Dorrance Armstrong and the resultant touchdown, as you say, RJ, that's three, three and four games. And I believe we also had one against the Chargers. I mean, we haven't been doing that in recent years. We haven't, we haven't got close to blocking punts. Um, and I do agree with your point, you know, the kick return, punt return game hasn't been there yet. But I think that's something that might just happen. I think we're due one play before the end of the season. I hope so. I, you know, I'm, I'm about done with putting CD Lamb back there. You know what? Mm-hmm. Let's Cedric Wilson return punts. I don't need this. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't need to see CD Lamb back there in, in, in general, let alone in the game you're dominating. Uh, but I could totally see it. I mean, Tony Pollard's come close. He had the great kickoff return against the Broncos to start the game. That was about the only good thing from that game. Uh, but, I mean, um, they're, they're close, and they're close in a lot of ways in a lot of different senses. Yeah, I'm. I'm surprised that Pollard hasn't been back there a lot more than he than he has done. Just for that, that's what that's what he did in college, wasn't it? That was his kind of his forte. Yeah, um, it's nice to see us making some plays. Um, <coughs> excuse me. There's always there's always something special about a, a big play on the special teams, isn't it? and so one of the things that I love about a roster is that the fact that a lot of this is a lot of a way a lot of the guys make the team. Um, yeah. If you put yourself about a bit and, and you get your chance that way, and it's 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 a bunch of guys like see, I don't know, you can kind of kind of I don't know if I'll know, but obviously we'll know and like kind of the old Wimbledon style, you know I mean, like these rough and ready kind of players that I mean that'll do all to get on the roster and, and want to make a, a, a play to shine. Yeah. Like I say it'd be nice to get a touchdown. Um but I, I think I was coming it's it seems like it a little bit with the, maybe like the secondary. It's, it's been a little bit of a slow process as the season's built on. Um, I'm sure it'll come in the next two weeks. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. But be, be, before we do get out of here, RJ, let let everyone know where they can find you and what what, what shows you're involved in. Just that we can we can try and boost your following as much as we can, anyway. Um, I appreciate that. I really, you said it earlier, Brian, my favorite thing about this time of year is that, you know, we get to hang out and enjoy this together. Um, obviously Thanksgiving's next week here in the States, which is just kind of a a time that people associate with football. And so it's really great. I mean, it's, it's obviously a lot more fun when the Cowboys are doing well, but, um, you know, as somebody who grew up loving the team, like a lot of people and, and just kind of, you know, annoying all of my friends with wanting to talk about the Cowboys all the time. It is it is so cool to me to get to do stuff like this with you guys and and, and share, you know, Cowboys discussion and content with people. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at RJ Ochoa. Um, it's just kind of a hub for everything I do uh, and photos of my dog, as you guys know. Um, obviously, bloggingtheboys.com. You can search for Blogging the Boys anywhere, wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. Uh, we, we create content that can be found in all of those places. And, and this is an exciting time. I mean, you know, I, I mentioned growing up, it, you know, the 2007 season was my senior year in high school. And that was just so much fun. I mean, this just such a really special time. And I know we have a lot of younger listeners and kids that are in high school themselves. And I, I just, you know, every week, every week is such a gift. And so I, I really just, you know, I want us all to enjoy it. Like not, not every game is as fun as the Falcons win. 
Not every loss yeah. is as is frustrating as the Broncos loss, but uh, it's a fun ride and it's you know, the stakes are, are rising, uh, which is going to make it a little bit more stressful. But uh, I'm excited to experience uh, whatever this season has in store with you guys and everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. And have you have you and um, Papa Ochoa had your your annual visit up to uh, AT and T yet, or is there one more before the season is out? We have not. Um, you know, we generally do a road Cowboys game every year. Um, that streak came to an end last year, um, obviously with the pandemic, and uh, we haven't done it this year. My wife and I, I don't know if I told you guys but uh we're expecting a baby boy um at the end of january and so uh his his arrival has uh, or, or soon to be arrival has complicated some things you know uh and and forced us to adjust some things so there's no trip this year uh unless you know, have the cowboys in the super bowl i have to head there for work and so um you know he'll have to understand uh that in, in his in his early days of life but um but no, no, uh, no games in person this year. Just, uh, just kind of manning things from the command center here. Yeah, it might have put the road trip on hold next year, RJ. And you never know. The um, could be back over here, and then you can, you can bring the family. <laughs> I know we've talked about that, um, and so that would be that would be the dream: is, is head on over there with uh, with the families, see you guys, hang out in person, have a couple pints, uh, and uh, and hopefully, you know, United plays Leeds that weekend um, <laughs> on Saturday, um, and uh, we can we can enjoy a couple of beatdowns as, as United cruises to victory and the Cowboys beat the Jaguars <laughs> or whatever the case. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely so um be, before we go as we say we did pro we did promise to give you an update from um paul so paul is still he's was up in kansas last night for the chiefs and raiders game was he for this weekend's game i think he's still in houston maybe he's going up for the cowboys game yeah so if you are around Arrowhead Stadium on Sunday and you see a bald bald man in a kilt, uh, please go up to him and shake his hand and ensure that he is actually going properly Scottish and um, <laughs> don't ask to check under his kilt. <laughs> I mean, this, you know, I know he's traveling. Does Paul not have the internet? Can he not jump on where he's at? Does he not have technology? The, the UK Cowboys budget is really big. I mean, so how does he not have a satellite or something to set something up here? I mean, it's it seems to me like Paul's Paul's been a little bit lazy. You know what I mean? Let's let's get Paul on the show next time. Do, do you know, because <laughs> he, he has promised that he would come on either the Tuesday or the, or the Thursday. He did pop on briefly. Um, Tuesday last week, but he was sat in a bar somewhere in Houston. Yeah. He wants to pop on and say hello to the guys. And yeah, it's not, like, not enough, not enough for me. Paul. Well, I mean, to be yeah. fair, we thanks to Brian, we've been winding up a little bit because obviously, you know, it's like when you're in groups on, on or group DMs on Facebook. Um, you thought even if you put it on mute, if someone can't do it, um, you keep getting pinged. And Brian has been um, pinging Paul. Stupid o'clock over here. <laughs> yes, you know what? In the middle of the night there. <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I expect more from Paul at this point. You know what I mean? It's, well, uh, what I'm curious I, I, about is like, like how, how does Paul manage 
you know, because from what I understand, like certain things are like on Disney Plus for you guys that aren't available here. Like, what does Paul do? Like, is he not able to watch his shows? Is that, you know, like what's taking up his time? If, if he's, if all his shows are no longer allowed for him, you know, why isn't well, he here? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump to Paul's defense. Paul is actually on a date right now in Houston. I mean, you know, there's, I've been to Houston a thousand times. There's not a lot to see. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's an hour drive from college station. So I've been there a lot and, uh, you know, whatever, but, uh, you know, let's get Paul. How long has he been on this side of the pond? How long has he been? A couple days? Since last now? Tuesday. Holy crap, Paul. The time difference, jet lag, none of it is, is acceptable anymore. I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, let's let's get going here. Let's get Paul. Let's hold him accountable. It's really what I'm looking for. We, we need some screen dogs <laughs> in this soon. We'll let drop it in the group. And, you know, I mean, just tell him, even, even RJ is getting on his case now. He's like, he's letting the side yeah. down. And... <laughs> well, like, I, I, I know after Sunday that Paul is heading into Dallas for a uh, Thanksgiving game. And he is catching up with... I know he's he's planned to catch up with Shannon and he's catching up with Kelsey and Meg whilst he's in Dallas. So you know, hope, hopefully we'll get a guest appearance from some people in the uh, in next week's shows. But before we get out of here, we do have to pay the bills. So as always, Jamie, I'm going to get you to do the shout out uh, if I can find <laughs> where is it? Our sponsor. There we go. Yes. As we say every week, if you're thinking of going out now, the pandemic's like kind of everything's opening up. If you're off out to go watch the Cowboys um, and you want to experience the best thing possible to be able to to relive over and over again, then help our, our friends at Cowboys experience anything from meet and greets, tailgates, game day packages, and get to meet current and former Cowboys, including the original 88, Drew Pearson. DCC alum, it's, it's such a, an amazing experience. So if you um, if you head out there, make sure you hit them up and um, and make the best of your of your trip. And if you do use them, use the discount code UK Cowboys because as we say every week, if you use the the, the code, what do you get? As Valenti says there, you get free stuff, and we, everyone loves a bit of free stuff. Especially a Yorkshire man like you, Jamie. Oh, you know his jobs for wet tight. <laughs> And of course, as always, we do love to give a shout out to our fellow content creators. So, of course, RJ and the team at Blogging the Boys, the team at the Dallas Cowboys Media, including the break, Talking Cowboys, Hanging with the Boys, the guys at 105.3, the fan, Big Game James, Katie's fun, fun tweets, and of course, Jeff Reinebold, who's been giving us shout outs all week on his own Twitter channel. But we're going to get out of here. As always, RJ, thank you so much for your time. We absolutely appreciate everything you do for us and all the content that you and the guys over at Blogging the Boys put out. Thanks, RJ. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all have a good rest of the week. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care, everybody. Good night. And we're